0: Man, we have much to be thankful for, and we can we can laugh at that. And um, you know, there there is there is so much truth to being thankful. First off, that we don't have feathers, but there is so much to be thankful for. You know, this past week, uh, we did we asked some of our students, some of your children in our kids ministry, some of the things that they are thankful for this Thanksgiving, and I, I want to share um, what some of our kids ministry have said. Maybe even some of you in this room have said uh, they have said, "I am thankful for my family." You could say, aw, it's okay, yeah, I am thankful for a few of my siblings. (laughs) I am thankful for all of my cats. I am thankful for God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Last but not least, I'm thankful for good food. So thankfulness or or giving thanks, right, is often thought of as a feeling uh, or even an attitude. Maybe you've heard it said like this, have an attitude of gratitude. And while that is completely true, it is also incomplete. Because thanksgiving or the giving of thanks, it's more than just an attitude. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Luke chapter 17. In Luke chapter 17... We're going to read tonight a true story of a time where Jesus did this great act. And after he did it, he marveled at the fact that only one person came back to give thanks. And we could say tonight that Jesus expects a thank you. But the question that we're faced with, how then are we to give thanks to Jesus. We're going to learn a few ways tonight that we are to give thanks to Jesus. Let's read in Luke chapter 17, beginning in verse 11. It says, now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, 10 men who had leprosy met him. And they stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, go and show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back. And praising God in a loud voice, he threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Verse 17, Jesus asked, Were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, Rise and go, for your faith has made you well. Amen. So chronologically speaking, in the timeline of Jesus's ministry on earth, Luke chapter 17 takes place immediately after John 11, chronologically. In John 11, if you recall, Jesus performs this incredible miracle where he raises Lazarus from the grave. So that would have happened right before the events that we just read. Jesus was traveling from Galilee, where he raised Lazarus, to Jerusalem, and on his way there, Luke 17 takes place. News travels quickly. So it is fair to say that the news of the miracle that Jesus did in raising Lazarus from the dead has gone ahead of Jesus and has likely already reached this group of 10 lepers. Now, these lepers have leprosy. Leprosy is a highly contagious skin disease that causes uh, skin lesions and nerve damage. And according to the law of Moses, a leper uh, was unclean. The disease made them unclean. And as a result, they would have been banished from the towns, the communities. Uh, the villages, uh, they would have been outcasts of society. They would have been put out of society. Numbers puts it like this, the book of Numbers. Numbers 5, verse 2 in the New King James says, Command the children of Israel that they put out of the camp every leper. The lepers were the unpopular ones. They were the ones that everyone talked about, mocked, and scorned. This group that we read tonight was made up of both Jews and Samaritans, two groups that you would never find living together. But misery loves company, doesn't it? If you recall the Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. There's a few of us that do. (laughs) Yes. So in Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Rudolph and Hermie, they encounter this jack-in-the-box. And if you recall, this Jack in the Box, his name is Charlie. And as they're as as Rudolph and Hermie are, are traveling, and I think Yukon is there too, uh, as they're traveling, they encounter Charlie and, and they say, Charlie, where are we? And this talking Jack in the Box, he says, Well, you're at the island of misfit toys. And on the island of misfit toys, that, that was an island uh, specially for those toys that had a defect. Those toys that were believed would, would never be accepted by a child. Those toys were, were left on that island as outcasts. They were put out of the camp, so to speak. These men with leprosy they're the misfits of society. And in a way tonight, we're all kind of misfits. You can just turn to the person next to you and say, good evening, misfit. We're all misfits. We're, we're, we're all, we all have quirks. Some of us are strange. But we all are unclean. When Adam and Eve sinned, sin immediately entered the human heart and all of creation. And the immediate result of that sin was Adam and Eve being put out of the Garden of Eden. Genesis chapter 3 verse 23 says it like this, So the Lord God banished them from the Garden of Eden to work the ground from which he had been taken. So sin has caused Adam and Eve to be put out of the camp. But sin did not just affect Adam and Eve. Look at what Romans says in Romans five twelve says, when Adam sinned, sin entered the world. And Adam's sin brought death. So death spread to who? Everyone. For everyone has what? Sinned. So the result of our sin, of your sin and of my sin, is that we are now put out of the presence of God. We have our own island of misfits. But with our lepers in our story, on this particular day, hope entered their lives. Jesus walks by. And these lepers, right, conscious of their condition, they stay at a distance and they yell out to Jesus, Jesus, Master, have pity, have mercy on us. And they call Jesus Master. Kids, yell it, Master. Master! Okay, all the kids, there's a kid section over here, yeah. So they call Jesus Master, and that, that's a term, and it means chief commander. You see, they knew... That if Jesus could command death, then he could also command disease. So when they're calling out to Jesus, Master, have pity on us. Really, what are they doing? They're praying. They're praying. They're asking Jesus for mercy because they recognize that he is in control of all things. Did you know tonight that it doesn't matter what your past looks like? It doesn't matter what your present condition is. That Jesus, who is in control of all things, has mercy on you and I. He has mercy on us. And maybe you're thinking, Pastor David, you have no idea what I've done. You have no idea what I'm walking through and what I'm doing. How could you say Jesus would have mercy on me? Because listen to what Jesus says next. Look with me in verse 14. and Jesus says, when he saw them, he said, go and show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. See what Jesus does? He hears their prayer. He sees their need. He challenges their faith, and then he heals them of all their diseases. Tonight, there's many things that you and I could be thankful for. I want to share three from our text. We can be thankful to Jesus tonight that he hears our prayers. So many, so many people in the world are lost tonight. They're praying to a little G God that will never hear their prayers. But our God is a capital G. And he hears your prayers. And he hears my prayers tonight. We can be thankful that Jesus sees our needs. And we can be thankful tonight that Jesus has the power to answer our prayers and fulfill our every need. you know that God has given you everything you need for life and godliness? He's given you everything you need. It's truly remarkable in our text what's taking place here. Jesus says to these lepers, remember, they have leprosy. They they physically, they visibly have leprosy. And Jesus says to them, go and show yourself to the priest. He doesn't say be healed. He doesn't do like he did when he did some other healings. He doesn't create uh, mud and rub it in their eyes or on their skin. He just says, guys, just go. Just go and show yourself to the priest. He says, I know you don't feel clean. I know you are looking at one another and you still see leprosy on each other. But I want you to go to the priest right now as if you were clean. Believe it, Jesus says. It's going to take faith. And the text tells us, it says, and as they went, they were what? They were cleansed. They weren't cleansed in the moment, they they weren't cleansed in some spectacular way. They just went. And as they went, God answered their prayer. God brought healing as they were obedient. He answered their prayer. This is key. He answered their prayer after they stepped out in faith. Some of you in here tonight are waiting for God to answer a prayer before you step out in faith. I want it to challenge your faith in the same way that Jesus challenges the faith of these lepers. Perhaps God would have you take that step, and then he'll answer the prayer. See, perfect love cast out all fear. Look at verse 15 with me. He says, one of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, Were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Now, kids, how many were how many were healed? There's the kids over there. How many kids? Yeah, ten were healed. And how many kids? How many returned to give thanks? One, one person who was healed humbly came back to give thanks to Jesus. And in that same loud voice that he called for mercy, he now gave praise. We would expect all ten would come running back to Jesus and thank him for the start in new life. That all ten would come and, and thank God for, uh, the, the sending, sending Jesus to walk into their lives that day for the love and compassion that Jesus had on them in their Moment of most desperate need. Thankful that God had the power to heal their all, every disease. But only one comes back. And we would think that maybe tonight, maybe all ten would be there forming, as they had formed a line calling out to Jesus for help, they would have come back. Forming a line or a group and singing Psalm 103 to Jesus psalm 103 look at it with me on the screen psalm 103 says let all that i am praise the lord with my whole heart i will praise his holy name let all that i am praise the lord may i never forget the good things he does for me he forgives all of my sins he heals all my diseases he redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercy. He fills my life with what? With good things. Listen again to what the psalmist says. He says, let all that I am praise. Let all that I am give thanks. May I never forget the good things he has done. And then the psalmist Worships God. He lists a few of the things that God has done. He, he, again, He forgives us of how many of our sins? All of our sins. He heals us, He redeems us, He crowns us, and He fills our life with good things. You know, sometimes we can forget all the Lord does for us. And it's healthy for us to be reminded of the good things He does. I remember growing up, after a birthday or a Christmas, I can picture it. I can hear my mom's voice now. She would call me to the kitchen table, and I knew what this meant. It's what almost every kid dreads after they get a gift. It's having to put down that toy take a moment, which seems like an eternity, and write a thank you note. <laughs> Kids, maybe some of you can relate to that, but I remember that. I remember the kitchen table. I remember my mom calling me to and I can remember writing the thank you notes. And I also remember in that moment and at that age, absolutely dreading, what I was doing because for every minute I spent writing was one less minute I got to play you know what was my mom teaching me she was teaching me that being thankful it's more than just an attitude it's an action it's a response to grace and mercy you see Too often, we are content to enjoy the gift, and we forget the giver. Jesus is the giver of all things, and he expects a thank you. Luke, seven, Luke 17, verse 17, Jesus asked, Were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine Has no one returned to give praise to God? Has no one come back to give thanks to God except this one? And even at that, he's a foreigner? All ten called on Jesus for help. Did Jesus give help to all ten? He absolutely did. But only one came back to write a thank you note. Where are the others, Jesus asked. You see, many times we can be quick to praise. We can be quick to pray, but slow to praise. The one came back in obedience to God's expectation. In our story tonight, we saw 10 people whose condition forced them to be outcasts and misfits of society. We saw Jesus come to them, and by mercy, he entered their lives. When Jesus saw them, he had mercy. When when he heard their prayer for help, he gave it without hesitation. We see a miraculous healing. A healing that brought hope to the helpless. It gave them a brand new life. It gave them a fresh start. And how many again returned? Just one returned to give thanks. We learned that Jesus expects a thanks who have received his mercy and grace. So where does that leave us tonight? If you've received God's mercy and grace, if you've received the forgiveness of sins, And so much more, as we listed in Psalm 103, Jesus expects a thank you. And it's more than just an attitude. I want to share just three points of application from our text tonight. Up on the screen, how do we respond to Jesus in thanks? We respond by giving thanks to God is an act of humility. It's going to require you and I to press pause in life and to, like that one who came back, to put ourselves at Jesus' feet and to thank him for all he has done in our lives. So the first way that we respond to thanks to God, it is an act of humility. Second, giving thanks to God is an act of obedience. Remember, Jesus expects it. He says, where are the other nine? Were they not also healed? He was looking for the other nine to also come back with that one. Remember what the psalmist wrote? He said, let all that I am praise, give thanks to the Lord. May I never forget the wonderful things he has done for me. Giving thanks to God is an act of obedience. Third. How do we respond? Giving thanks to God is an act of worship. It is an act of worship. You see, worshiping God is so much more than, than just a few songs at the beginning of a church service. Worshiping God is our manner of living. It's who we are as Christ followers. It's who we are as those who have been saved and redeemed by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Disciples worship Jesus, it's an act of worship. So how do we do that? Humility, obedience, worship. Humility, obedience, worship. How? H-O-W? Humility, H? There it is. All right. Humility, obedience, worship. So tonight, we joined the company of those 10 lepers, We call on Jesus to have mercy on us. The last verse of our text is an interesting one. Then Jesus said to him, Rise and go. Your faith has made you well. You see, what's interesting about this is wasn't this man already healed? He was already healed. And he came back to Jesus Already healed, and, and he apparently bowed down before Jesus because Jesus says, Rise." and then Jesus says something else. He says, "Rise, your what faith. faith has made you well." Wait, but I thought he was already healed. You see, what this man recognized is he recognized two things. He recognized that he had a physical disease, leprosy. And he recognized that Jesus was the only one who could heal all of his diseases. He recognized that Jesus was the only one who could meet his physical needs. But then he came back because he recognized something else. He recognized that he wasn't just physically unclean. He was also spiritually unclean. And when he comes back to Jesus, he's not coming back in faith to be made physically clean. He's coming back in faith to be made spiritually clean. When Jesus says, rise, your faith has made you well, there's another time in Scripture that Jesus uses that exact phrase, those exact Greek words. It's in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 7, in verse 50, there is a a sinful woman. And she comes to Jesus and she repents of her sins. She doesn't have a physical illness. She has a spiritual one. And when she comes humbly before Jesus and asks Jesus for the forgiveness of her sins, Jesus says to her, rise, your faith has saved you. And those same words, your faith has saved you, are the same words that are translated here, your faith has made you well. And Jesus said to this man, your faith has made you spiritually well. You see, it's a wonderful thing to experience physical healing. But it's an even more wonderful and miraculous thing to experience spiritual healing. To have real peace with God. The Bible says in Romans 3.23, you know the verse, for everyone has sinned, we all fall short of God's glorious standard. Every one of us has the disease of sin. Every one of us are like these lepers outside the camp. Every single one of us are spiritual misfits. But, Look at what Jesus says about that in Mark 2.17. Jesus says, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. And I have come to call not on those who think they are righteous, but those who know that they are sinners. You see, Jesus entered the lives of these ten. And in the same way, he desires to enter your life tonight. To bring not just physical, but to bring something so much more, to bring spiritual healing to your life and mine. And like those lepers, like they called out to Jesus to have mercy on them, listen to what 1 John 1, 1.9 says up on the screen. But if you confess your sins to him, if you call out as the lepers did, he is faithful and just to what? Forgive our sins and cleanse us. From all wickedness. Some of your translations say to cleanse us from all sin. So, just as the ten prayed for Jesus and his mercy, he gave it. So, to we who call on Jesus will be cleansed and healed of sin. In a few moments, we're going to take communion together. But before we do, we want to do two things tonight. We saw in in our text, Jesus really performed two types of healing. He did a physical healing, and he did a what? Spiritual healing. Every single person needs spiritual healing. But before we pray for spiritual healing, We want to pray also for physical healing. Because we just read that Jesus can heal us of all our diseases. So here's what we're going to do. There's going to be some music playing here in the background. And as we pray, we're going to first pray for physical healing. And I just want to ask you right now, if that's you, would you, just, would you just raise your hand, saying, tonight I need physical healing. I'm going to raise my hand with you. A- and we see the hands up. And I can just picture now with Jesus when he walked by those lepers and he saw them. He saw them. He heard them. And he answered their prayer. We're going to pray in faith tonight. If your hand is up, those of you who are around, I I, I want you just to extend your hand towards someone who has their hand up. And let's go before the Lord together. Father God, we thank you. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you heal us of all our diseases. Lord, you know our frame. You knit us together in our mother's womb. Your word says that all the days of our life are ordained by you. You know them full well every breath. Lord, our our physical ailment reminds us that you can heal and that we're headed home. So Lord, until you call us home, we want to serve you with our whole hearts, with able bodies. We have physical needs, Lord. So those with our hands up, those who have a physical need, online, in here, in the comments, Lord Jesus, you are our only hope. We look to you. May your will be done. We pray now that you would heal us of all our diseases. To you be the glory. We give you the thanks. Amen. Amen. Second, we saw tonight, how many came back? One. That one person recognized something that's true of every person, the need for spiritual healing. Jesus said to this man, rise, your faith has made you well. The Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 2, we are saved by grace through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, it's the grace of God that saves us. His saving grace works through our faith. We read in 1 John 1 9, if we confess our sins, he who is faithful and just will forgive us our sins and cleanse us, make us whole, make us right, would cleanse us from all of our sins. The Bible tells us the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Just as Jesus was the only hope for those lepers, Jesus is our only hope for spiritual healing. There's no other way. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So, with every head bowed, with every eye closed, from the youngest to the eldest, we need Jesus. Tonight, you've never received spiritual healing. You've never cried out to Jesus, Jesus, save me. Tonight's your night, my friend with every head bowed, every eye closed. Children, it it doesn't matter the age. If you've never called on Jesus for salvation and you want to tonight, you feel the Holy Spirit prompting you tonight, would you just raise your hand saying, tonight I want to give my life to Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Anybody else? I was going to lead you in a prayer. If you raised your hand, you could just... Pray this to the Lord. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. I confess that to you. I am sorry for my sins. I thank you for saving me. I pray that you would forgive me. And Lord, I, I open my, my heart to you. I give you my life. Help me to follow you all the days of my life until I see you face to face. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You have a communion element. We're going to take communion together here. I've got some, here we are. You know, Jesus, those 10 lepers, they came to Jesus unclean. And those 10 lepers left Jesus clean. The Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians five seventeen. this means on the screen, This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, and the new life has begun. As David wrote, as the psalmist wrote in Psalm 103, verse 2, Let all that I am give thanks to the Lord. May I never forget the what things? The good things He does for me. As we take communion... We're going to remember the good things God does for us. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 11.23, he says, For I pass on to you what is of first importance, that on the night the Lord Jesus was betrayed, he took the cup. He took the bread. (laughs) And after giving thanks, he broke it gave it to his disciples and said, do this in remembrance of me. The body of Jesus, the bread of life, was broken and was given so that you and I tonight can have the hope of life today and the hope of life for eternity. So Father, we thank you for sending your one and only Son the greatest gift. The world has ever known the greatest gift that any single one of us will ever experience will ever receive the gift of your son, Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whomever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Lord Jesus, we thank you for being so willing to give your life for our life. Lord, we take this now in thanks and in remembrance for what you have done. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's take the bread together. Paul continues in 1 Corinthians 11.25. He says, in the same way, the Lord Jesus took the cup, And after giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples and said, this is my blood, which is poured out for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And as you do this, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. You know, Jesus is coming back. He's coming back. So in a moment, we're going to take the juice together. And as we do, we're going to do it in remembrance and in thanks of Jesus going to the cross, of him shedding his blood. For the scriptures say, without the shedding of blood, there can be no remission of sins. It's the blood of Jesus Christ shed for you and for me. Lord Jesus, we thank you. that Your word says that it was the joy that was set before you that you endured the cross. Lord Jesus, we thank you for shedding your blood for our lives, for being that sacrifice in our place. We thank you, Lord, that because you who knew no sin became sin so that we here tonight can become the righteousness of God. We thank you, Lord, that we have, because of what you have done, been born to a living hope. So, Lord, we take this now in remembrance of the new covenant, in remembrance and in thanks of what you have done. We proclaim your death and we proclaim your return. Till you come again, may you have the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.